Buckle up. You are listening to Musicians and Beyond with John Sarabian and Mark Lawhorn, and we're going to bring you the backstage info on the life, lyrics, and long journeys of the music industry. Mark, how are you? I am fantastic. Thank you very much. That's good. Everyone's good. Your family's good. Could not be better. My daughter scored her first varsity goal this week, so wonderful. I pretty, saw pretty big week for us. I saw that on Facebook. The yeah. celebrations just never ended. That's true. And how about you? How, how's the family? Everyone. Everyone is. Well? Everyone is wonderful. Thank Excellent. you. Everyone good, is good. wonderful. And how's the hand? The hand is coming. It's Excellent. coming. Glad coming slow, but good. you know. So last week we had uh, Jennifer Alvarado on. That is correct. From uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Soon, hopefully, to be from Nashville. Yeah. Uh, wonderful little artist, uh, young lady, um, making her way down there. Just about to make her way to Nashville. If uh, she can convince her husband to make that move, that's going to be a big one for her. Yeah. But uh, it'll be good for her career. She's done well. It's making good music, and uh, I hope for the best for her. Yeah, I think we're going to hear a lot more from her in the future. Agreed. And speaking about hearing more from someone in the future, today's guest was recommended to us by Francois Samard, and we thank him. Can't thank him enough. And uh, he couldn't talk enough about this. Well, you know, when you you have someone that's won Seabrook Idol uh, and has impressed Francois the way she has, um, you talk about a lot of good things coming her way. Absolutely. This is one to watch. It it is. It is. And now she's made it to the top of the food chain. She's on Musicians and Beyond with La Hoanis Arabian. Doesn't get any bigger than that. Let's welcome Mika Peterson. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> this is fantastic. You've been doing a lot out in the in the music world lately. I have, I have. It's been a long time coming, but um, lately, the past few months, maybe even a year, have just been really kind of going in my direction. So I, I smile and ear to ear. <laughs> That's great. And you're mostly out there. Are you alone or, or with a band? I know you do play with your dad. I do. I do play with my dad. We go out as family affair when we're playing, but um, I uh, I have a, a regular duo that we just call it the Mika Peterson duo, but I play a lot with Nate Comp. Uh, he's a phenom and a, just a superhuman being, uh, but I also have my band, my baby that I'm super proud of, and we're called Mika's Groove Train. Um, the band's been around since 2010, but it has been in, in most recent years that it's really kind of begun to take off. So um, we've, we've, been afforded some very cool opportunities and seems like they're you know those opportunities are still coming so i'm really excited yeah that's awesome and and um i was listening to a song earlier and and it was crazy good and it took me back a few years you're probably uh too young to know uh the old beretta show but sammy davis jr had the theme song to that and if you haven't heard it you should go back and listen to it because that's where you brought me to uh the the, the rhythm of the song you know the, the little uh the beat to it, everything about it brought me back to that, and I, I thought about it right away. But uh, take a look back, Sammy Davis Jr., I, I can't remember what the, his original song is. Keep your eye on the sparrow. That's it. Okay. But, That's uh, cool. I yeah. will. And it, you would not know the Beretta reference at all. John might be too young for that as well. I know Beretta. <laughs> My God. So, um, Mika, you're from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Yep, I was born there. Yeah. And um, you're not new to the music industry. Your family has quite a history in music. Yeah, um, pretty pretty long lineage. <laughs> yeah, uh, your grandmother, Jean Jones, she was known as the Lady of Song. She was. That's she was. That's really cool. So, did the locals name her that, or was that her own proclaimed? Actually, the governor named her that um, when I was wow. very young. She was um, pretty big in the jazz world, just like my aunt Sharon is mm-hmm. now. Um, but she sounded very much like Billie Holiday. She. Um, embodied 
everything, Billy. And um, you couldn't really tell the difference. Um, you know, she 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 was amazing. Um, I wish you could have met her. <laughs> you know, the Joneses were pretty prominent in the in their heyday, and uh, she was she was right out there doing paving the way for me, basically. Yeah, wow. and, and your great aunt uh, Brown Sugar Jones is still out there ripping up. The oh, scene. she is. <laughs> That's, that's she's cool. a pistol that one i tell I, her i want to be her when i grow up <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see why i can see why so is that what inspired you to start your musical career is looking at your family members and say geez i want to do that oh um, that's a hard question because i've been singing all my life like my whole family in some way is musical but um from a stage standpoint i really didn't start until I moved back home as uh, I moved away for uh, high school and, and get married. And then I moved back home early, early 2000s. But um, my dad had a pretty well-established band and uh, I used to go and see him all the time. And I mean, I could sing, so he would get me out there and um, I was terrified. I would stand there like a deer in headlights, shaking like a leaf. Um, and then I, I'm not really sure. I, I got to meet some people in the industry and then, and then it started feeling like home. Um, and now I couldn't imagine like not doing it. Um, I mean, my aunt's well up there in age. My dad is in his seventies as well. And, you know, if they're still doing it at that age. That means there's hope for me, but <laughs> I've definitely evolved um, as a musician. <laughs> wow, that's cool. And your first stage performance, <laughs> you're only three years old. Yes. It what? was in church. It was in church. <laughs> Yep, you, I had a solo you, part. You did. Do you remember what you sang? Um, I can remember the melody, but not so much the words. Okay. Um, I was very, very young then. I'm much older than I look, so <laughs> trying to reach back that far <laughs> would be tough. But so uh, it all started at the age of three. Yeah, probably in the womb. Be quite honest. <laughs> I mean, I, I grew. I tell people I grew up in four part harmony because I have uh, two sisters, my mother, and uh, my sisters and I. We would all grab a part and you know, just hang out in the kitchen, either making dinner or whatever it was. Um, my aunts, when my mother was with my aunt, we'd all do the same thing with my grandmother, you know, even my grandfather sang. So when we were all, if we're all in a room, there's going to be some singing going on. Wow. That's cool. Making memories and making melodies. It sounds like a good name for an album. Yeah. Making melodies and making memories. And this is why he's on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so mika how do people find out about you and your band and where you're going to be and your social media well, there's a couple of places the band website is uh, mika's groove train.com just all smushed into one word and then there's um my personal website which tells what i'm doing with my dad with any duo any trio and that's ms like ms yamika peterson.com um, and it's the same for Facebook, facebook.com slash Ms. Yamika Peterson or slash Mika's Groove Train. Um, we're on Instagram, but I my kids laugh because I haven't quite mastered how to use Insta yet. <laughs> so I have to call them for advice and then I get crap for it. So Don't we um, all? That sounds like a, a familiar defeated. story. <laughs> that sounds like a familiar story to me. I get yelled at every time I post something. Thank God for the kids. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, haven't, uh, I haven't asked them in a while, but at least they do tell me. They give me you know, crap first, then they help me. So <laughs> I, I haven't given up. I do have Instagram pages. I'm <laughs> just not on there all the yeah. time. They know everything, don't they? They do. Yeah. They are, do. Are your kids into music at all? Uh, all of them, really. Um, wow. Some of them are far too shy to perform, but you can catch them. I can catch them at home and stop doing their thing. But my oldest daughter, she has been with me pretty regularly over the last year. Her name is Sierra, um, and she is 
the most amazing um, person to have standing beside me on stage. Because our harmonies are are natural, and we've been singing together since she was born. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a very um, everything is always candid. It's never you know worked out ahead at a time, and we kind of do that on purpose because you never know what magic will happen. Could be the same song a different night, and you know two different performances you'll get, but it's always magic. Um, so I'm really thankful for her. Uh, she's my joy. Yeah. That's great that That's you can great. make memories with your daughter. Yeah, so, I kind of kind of get a little inkling as to how my dad might feel now. <laughs> where do you fit in in genre? Jazz, R&B? What, what is your genre that you like to consider yourself a, a, associated with? I've been asked this question many times, and I'm sorry, but I don't have a, a like a firm, concrete mm-hmm. answer. Um so it's kind of funky soul of like if yeah. I had to put a tag to it, that's what I can think of because it's soulful, but I'm a I'm a sucker for a, a rhythm section for a funky rhythm <laughs> section. So I have to have that, that element too. Um I mean I, I love everything. My my dad constantly accuses me of wanting to sing every song ever made. It's not true. <laughs> Just most of them. Um <laughs> so as far as my stuff goes, I mean I my favorite artists are my parents, so I don't I don't really know how to answer. That's awesome. Yeah. We're just who we are, and, and I, I would love for someone to, to say what they thought, because then yeah. it, I might agree, might disagree, but for now, we'll just call it Funky Soul. So yeah. you, you do sing with your father a lot. What is your favorite you, song to sing with him? Oh, gosh, um, either Cruising or Up on the Roof. Oh, wow. Because they just yeah. have killer harmony, so. Awesome. Yeah. But I like singing anything with him. He's, he's amazing. <laughs> So for our listeners, you are listening to Musicians and Beyond, and we have Mika Peterson on Zoom with us, and she's telling us about her life and music and what's up and coming. And I think this might be a good time to play one of her songs. We're going to play Heaven for You, and then we're going to have Mika tell us about how she came up with the lyrics and the song idea for that. So ladies and gentlemen, here is Mika Peterson with Heaven for You. Heaven for you 
this promise to you I remember the things that you taught me to do I'll keep writing music I promise you that and I'll do my best to get out of B flat but this one we started together I'm on my own, so I'll finish alone And in the meantime, I'll look to heaven for you If there's one thing I learned from being your friend Is that life may be short, but the music don't end and if a life is music and music is song, I will keep singing, I'll keep keeping on. And in the meantime, I'll look to heaven for you. If there's one thing I learned from being your friend, is that life may be short, but the music don't end. And if a life is a music, and music is song, I will keep singing, I'll keep keeping on. In the meantime, I'll look to heaven for you. In the meantime, I'll look to heaven for you. That was Mika Peterson with Heaven for You. Mika, could you tell us a little bit about that song? Sure. Um, that song was written after my initial bass player in Mika's Groove Train. His name is Chad Owen. Um, he passed away in 2013, but before he passed away, um, I had the opportunity to become extremely close with him. He was very much like a big brother, um, and he is he has a lot to do with where I am, who I am musically today. Um, he was my biggest fan, my biggest supporter, um, my teacher, my mentor. He made it okay for me to not necessarily... Because I'm, you know, I'm not classically trained or even formally trained. I'm, you know, I'm a street kid. I grew up music in my household. That's where my musical education came from. Um, it never came from a book or anything like that. And he just kind of, I was always bothered by that and felt I wasn't, you know, I couldn't really be on another person's level because of that. Um, but he made me understand that that was not the case and that I, I, there was something there. So we would end up writing together and, um, just more than best friends. We were absolutely family. And uh, when he passed, um, uh, just something kind of broke. My heart broke, among other things, along with a lot of other people. Chad was amazing. And there wasn't one person that came across him that wasn't touched by him. Um, so his loss was was great. Um, and, you know, when you're a songwriter and you're lamenting, you the best recourse is to write a song. And I wrote that as I was just feeling awfully low and I mulling over the thoughts in my head, but I could hear him laughing at those thoughts I was having because he was a 
total prankster. Um, absolutely sentimental, but you, you really have to be, you know, on a certain page to get that. Mostly you're going to get jokes and humor. Uh, but I could hear him picking on me and laughing. And um, I just ended up, I, I remember I was sitting, looking out the window at my piano and I ended up smiling and I uh, just kind of took that deep breath and pressed, pressed on the keys and went with the first chord I hit. And, and that's how that song was born. The words are obviously very personal um, for me, but when it was completed, I realized um, that, wow, there's probably lots of people who can relate to, to this because we, we all know loss. Um, but for me, that was um, my way of healing. And it took years in the making mm-hmm. um, to, to even do that. But um, he would he would laugh. He would totally laugh at that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, listening to the song, you can tell it's really heartfelt in that there was a good story, deep story behind it. And uh, we appreciate you sharing that with us because I think our listeners um, – you know, a real curious how how a song is written, especially when it sounds so emotional and it brings out the you know it when people can relate to it. You know, you've done something not just for yourself but for others, and and when people absolutely yeah, so, I imagine that's why songwriters do that. You know, it's not just about the inner effect; it's about what the audience is going to take from it. And if you can bring that same emotion or bring out that same emotion from someone, you've done your job. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. You know, I didn't at the time I was when I was writing it, I wasn't thinking like you know, oh, I hope people will, will like this. Um, and when I was done with it and the finished product came out and, you know, as, as people listened to it, um, I was really kind of humbled and I'm constantly touched by how deeply someone can be affected um, by my music because I'm affected all the time by others, you know, by yeah. others' songs or poems or what have you. And I don't think I haven't gave it a thought at the time that someone that could happen um, the other way. So it's just really um, humbling and emotional. It's always emotional. Like I'm tearing up now just thinking about it, um, that, you know, my loss could actually, what I what, what came of my loss ends up being a comfort to someone else who ex- experienced the same thing, then, you know, that, that can't be wrong. <laughs> can't be wrong at all. Right. What a feeling that must be to be able to, you know, put something down on paper and in, into notes and have someone sitting in you in the crowd being so affected. It's pretty amazing. It really pretty is. Pretty amazing. Cool. I wasn't sure I would let anyone hear it. It took me, I don't know, years to be able to sing it without crying. So I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it sat, it sat tucked away for a while, but um, I could hear him just basically chastising me about that too. So <laughs> like, you know what? I'm, I need to just get off my soapbox and do what I'm supposed to be doing. So I love it. I, I think love he's it. smiling now. <laughs> And besides your voice, you play the piano. What other instruments do you I use the piano. I wouldn't say. (laughs) I don't know. I've heard it. It sounds pretty damn good. You use it as a writing tool. You use it well. (laughs) Thank you. So I don't know how to play that either. I just fool around until I find the right note. But, um, you know, I play by ear, so I can sit down and figure something out relatively. But um, it's not my first love. Like I love to, to sing. Um, and I like to sing with others because those harmonies are everything where it's at, you know. Um, and I don't like to play alone because what fun is that? Right, right. <laughs> I like I like energy. I, I feed off of the person I'm playing with because um, that's when magic occurs. If you have chemistry, good things happen. So who is playing with you in, in your band? Who do you have out there with you on when you're playing a gig? I have a monster drummer. <laughs> 
what he what he lacks for in height, he makes up for it in just <laughs> pure rhythm, rhythmic power. His name is Joey Rizzo. Um, and my guitarist, his name is Paul Lassard. And man, when he plays, I mean, the world just stops. Everybody just stops. You have to because he's just fantastic. Then there's my daughter who sings along with me. And um, my bass player, um, I'm getting a big old, you know what, even grin right now because he is just a beast. <laughs> His name is Stacy Bug. And uh, he plays that thing. There's smoke coming out of it when he's done. <laughs> just they're all they're all amazing. And I. I am so fortunate. I consider myself one of the luckiest vocalists in this whole area, probably all of New England, because I get to play with such stellar musicians and they're stellar human beings, too. Um, so I get a double dose of uh, good fortune there with those cats. Excellent. Well, you you said it. You, you get to play with those guys. Where are you playing right now? What, what do you have coming up for gigs? So this week is lean because I'm going on a cruise with my mama, oh. so I don't have a lot going on. But uh, this Saturday, Nate and I, Nate Comp, um, guitar virtuoso uh, will be playing at Exo Bistro in Manchester from 6 to 9 um, and then when I get back uh, the band will be at the Strand in Dover um, oh, wow. on February 17th okay. so uh, that'll be that'll be a good one nice space for dancing great sound system um, but you can anyone can always jump on the website to see where I'll be I'm literally here there and everywhere uh the band will be at the marblehead festival of arts this summer so i'm very excellent. excited about that that's a big one that'll be july 4th excellent um, not too far from us and all kinds of, what's, yeah yeah <laughs> so it's gonna be a good time very much looking forward to this whole year good where do you see yourself as a musician where do you see yourself in five years i know where i'd like to be i'm not sure where you know because i'm a wife i'm a mother i'm a girl you know, I got all things going on all the time. But um, in five years, I would very much like to, you know, hopefully have found a label by then and have had the opportunity uh, because nowadays, you know, everything takes money. Um, and I work a day, you know, I work 40 hours a week, 45 plus hours a week as, as well as the music. So finding time tends to be hard. Um, you've got to make time for the family as well as all the extracurricular stuff. But in five years, I would like to hopefully be signed and be playing. You know, um, I'd like to see what Europe looks like. Yeah. It, it, it's um, a long road being an indie <laughs> artist and, and out there independent, trying to, you know, fund everything yourselves and, and, and make yeah. everything happen. Um, yeah. Five years that, that you got to make that, get that signature put on uh, the dotted line and, and make that happen. Good for you. Yep. Um, and you know what, if it doesn't, like, I, I, I can honestly say I am super content with my life and how things have gone. If I never make it there, I'll still be okay because I have gotten to have the most fun I've ever had on stage. So um, I can't complain. Well, listen, it's it's a mark out there to go after, right? It's a goal yeah, to go after. And it's if a you goal. can get it, if you achieve it, great. And if you're happy without that, make making that goal come true, then you've, you're up on stage making music, singing and singing with your daughter. Yeah, I, I think you've already got your dreams already. Yeah, I was going to say I, I've already won. I mean, <laughs> that would just be a super bonus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I want to put uh, put that album out. That's long overdue because I've got a bunch of tunes that are just sitting there collecting dust. But um, like I said, the tables have turned over this last year or two, and um, I think that that goal, that dream, is really not that far off of you know a possibility. Great. Good. Now you you also said that, you know, you have a bunch of songs sitting there. You write 
a lot of your own songs. What's your writing process like? And are you writing with somebody else? It's usually chaos. It's usually pure <laughs> chaos. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't write with anybody right now. Um, I used to write with Chad and uh, my dad, mm-hmm. but uh, it's been it's been a while. So now I guess my process is um, I'm a very emotional person. Like I wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, very easy to tell what mood I'm in. Um, and I go by mood. So if I'm sitting there just messing around, you know, practicing and usually things, it's pretty consistent. I'll mess up. I'll make a mistake, but it sounds really pretty. <laughs> so I'll run with it. And then whatever that chord that I've struck, if it's dark, you know, then that's where my mind goes. If it's bright, that's where my mind goes. If it sparks a memory of one of my children, that's where my mind goes. So I just kind of go with how I, whatever emotion that those first few notes have, have caused me to feel. And I build on that. The lyrics generally come and they are directly tied to the, to that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a song called Sunday afternoon and I was thinking about the house, the living room being an absolute mess because all the kids were in there and that's, you know, that's in the song. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just build on how, it, how those thoughts that are rolling around in the beginning. Um, and I'm, you know, a bit of a word nerd and a poet. So <laughs> I can, um, you know, kind of that part's the easy part for me. It's the bridges and, and all the chords and then trying to tell someone else what I mean. That's the hardest part. <laughs> right. So you basically do start with the music in all of your songs and then kind of go with it. Usually so it could be anything first. from a bass line to a drum pattern. Um, my ears will, you know, ping and whatever emotion I get from that, there's either a song there or there isn't, or there's a beginning, you know, or making of something, you know, I've got a lot of unfinished things too, just because, you know, I have to go wherever the inspiration is. And if I'm not feeling it, then I set it aside because you can't, <laughs> you can't force it. I can't work it anyway. And what other Um, notable artists have molded you into the musician that you are? um, I I have a a huge soft spot for India Ari and Erica Badu. Um, They are two of my favorite women musicians just ever. Um, And like I said, my parents, I draw a lot from my mother and my father. Um, They're really responsible for the molding. Um, and my dad is responsible for everything I am, like from then till now, because he he taught me, you know, how to do this. This isn't always an easy business. Um, and there are definitely pros and cons to everything. But he taught me how to get over the cons or how to work through the cons or around them. And that to me is way more valuable than anybody telling me what to do with the positive stuff, because, you know, Anybody can figure that out. It's what you do and it's not really favorable situations. Um, but he gave me that tool to keep my head held high, not be run over, um, those types of things. And those are invaluable to me. Um, so I got to give the old man the credit for that. <laughs> no, that's great. You know, one of the questions sometimes John or I, and I'll ask, uh, you know, a guest, what are the lessons that you've learned that you could pass on to another aspiring artist? And I think that right there, your dad's advice to you, uh, sounds like something you'd pass on to somebody else and it, it served you well. And the biggest thing he taught me was to work for it. Like, yeah. You know, when I started, I didn't, um, I didn't, I wasn't brought on as a full member. I got paid background singer salary. And um, it was the bass player that said, if you don't hire her on full time, I'm going to go start a band with her, which we did anyway. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, it was a running joke. But yeah, you know, he didn't, I didn't just get it handed to me. I had to work for it and I had to, um, 
I don't know if prove myself is the right word, but for, for lack of a better one right now, like he made me know that um, just because my last name is what it is or my aunt is who she is or my, my grandmother is who she was, I still have to work for it. So that would definitely be my advice for anyone uh, budding or up and coming is pound the pavement. I spent many years pounding pavements, knocking on doors. I did get to do a little name dropping just because <laughs> I had that opportunity. But um, it didn't always it didn't always work. And I was baffled by that in the beginning. But those words from my dad just kind of came back like you have to work for it. So it's, you know, unless you're born to like Hollywood parents or, or these megastars, you got to work for yeah, it. So nice. that's and don't stop because if you stop, then you become irrelevant, so to speak. Um, you have to stay relevant. You have to stay in people's minds in the forefronts and you have to figure out which ways are best for you to do that. But that's so important. Don't let your candle flame go out. You, you Absolutely. Have to keep yeah. When was the last time you were in the studio? <laughs> I just got to do um, a, a background set for a TJ Wheeler. So it was just a, maybe a month or two ago. Okay. Um, and then before that, I was with um, Dave Gerard from Truffle. But the last time I was in the studio for myself has been, I don't even want to tell you, it's been way too long. <laughs> but, you know. Well, cash moves everything. So That's once you right. get that part settled. <laughs> Time to get back in. in the studio, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so, and I will. I'll get there. I, I feel like um, if there's something I'm meant to do, I, I will do it. It will it will happen. I'm a very, very firm believer in um, if it's meant to be, it will be. So. Well, let um, me ask you, where were you when you were out in Tucson? And, where? And what brought you back? I mean, when you were out in Arizona and what brought you oh, back? I, so I was in the Tucson area. Yeah. My mom was there she still is um and she had um she had had a medical um situation that she yeah. needed help so i packed up the kids packed up the kids and uh in a five by eight trailer my husband and i we threw all our stuff that we could fit in there in a in a minivan drove four days to to tucson and then uh we eventually found a house and 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 lived there uh for about two years and uh while i was there i, I made some really awesome friends that welcomed me into their musical community. Um, so I still got to do what I loved um, and with different people, which was even more exciting because it was a fresh take on things, a new experience. Um, I even was forced to sing Billie Jean, which I didn't think would ever happen in my life. But, <laughs> and, <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> it's what I was going to add, you know, really where I wanted to go with the question was, you know, what was the difference out there from a music scene as compared to out here? What was your, the, the, what did you have to get used to that was so different? Um, I think the biggest thing that sticks out in my mind is, um, I mean, I, I'm from New England where we're, either shore towns, but very community-based. Out there, it's massive. I mean, I don't know if you've been to Tucson, but geographically, it's humongous. So um, it can be kind of clickish. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't, if you're not in with, with click or you don't know, um, it's kind of hard. It's a hard scene to break into. But I have to say or back that up by saying that didn't, it wasn't, didn't end up that way for me because from the onset of a band that we went to go see, um, my husband, I went to get a drink or something. And my husband, by the time I got back, my husband was talking to the lead, the bass player who was the lead singer also. And they were calling me up to go sing. And then the rest is history. We were best friends after that and, and, and henceforth. Um, but I did notice before I met them, um, I think people were worried because jobs were hard to come by in, in this industry. They can be, work can be hard to come by. Um, 
So you have to hold on to it because it's precious to you. Um, so that was a little bit, took some getting used to. Because out here, if somebody calls me up and says, hey, how can I get into this place? I'll be like, call that guy. You know, yeah. um, it's not like that in other places. And I learned that. And, and that's okay. You know, it is. It is what it is. You still have to work for it no matter where you are. Yeah, and so I did spend some time in uh, Davis Moth on the Air Force Base out there. So I okay. I love the area. Yeah, yeah. I went to uh, the, uh, the airplane graveyard out there. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Pretty wild, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Unless yeah. you see My kid you brother's a pilot. So. Oh, no kidding. <clears throat> yep. Well, then yep. He, he must enjoy that type of a, an environment because unless you actually walk that and see the size of the, the graveyard, people can't even understand. Yeah. You can't fathom it. You have to see it. And, and it's, it's, I was awestruck. Yeah, I mean, same. It's, it's pretty cool. And so <laughs> did you miss the seasonal change of home while you were out there? Oh, so much. I mean, after like six, the first six months, it was amazing. Yeah. No snow. You didn't have to think about shoveling. No, <laughs> you know, chains on your tires. None of that. But after about six months, we realized seafarers don't belong in the desert. I'm with you. <laughs> and you start missing things like grass and trees and cats. You don't even see cats because the coyotes eat them. Yeah. Oh, God. So <laughs> there's no string cats. Um, and then, the, you know, uh, it was bizarre to me to see a whole track team running drills in 110 degrees. I'm like, this is child abuse. But it's not because they're all used to that. And that's how they roll. But yeah, I was, I learned what dry heat means. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a thing. It really is. <laughs> It's a thing. That was the biggest thing I missed was the seasonal changes and and, and being able to enjoy that. So, I mean, who gets mad? It's like, where's, where's the clouds? Like (laughs) I should be happy. There's no clouds. When I walk outside to the eighth day of no clouds, I'm like, this this is ridiculous. (laughs) I think after a year out there, I would be singing the, the, if I was a songwriter, I'd write the saddest songs. That's how I'd be. (laughs) (laughs) That's ended up being where I wrote heaven for you. Funny enough. But, um, that's funny. So, Mika, you have a huge catalog. Do you have one favorite song that you have written in your catalog? I know they were all really good because I've listened to a handful of them. But is there one that just jumps out at you? One of my my own too. Yes, oh, uh, it's probably the saddest one of all, <laughs> which is it's called "Go If You Want To." Okay. Um, and it's basically self-explanatory, but um, you know, it's basically. A person who's in a relationship that's not panning out and um you know she finally just decides hey you know if you want to go go if you want to and that's you know that's the gist of that it's very self-explanatory if you listen to it you can tell the mood i was in when i wrote it <laughs> I'm glad you can laugh about it now <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I write um, personal experiences or I will um, write, I've written about things that I have firsthand witnessed, you know, by either a family member or a friend. Um, So I've got a couple out there that aren't really about me. Um, I just put into words and feelings my interpretation of what I saw happen. Um, So it's not always, they're not always like extremely personal to me. I do have some connection. Either I knew the person that I'm singing about or it was me or, you know, very close to whatever the situation was. But they're generally never like true fabrications or fiction. There's always an element of truth in every song. You know, it's funny you say that. We had a guest on last week, Matt O'Coin out of Houston, Texas. And Matt wrote a song and I watched the video and it was very emotional and very heartfelt about a, a son wishing his father was still here. 
And Matt felt like he didn't want to put that song on an album because he didn't have an emotional connection to it. it it's just a song that came about. And mm-hmm. many people called after they heard him sing the song and said, oh, geez, what happened to your dad? And he's like, my dad's fine. You know? <laughs> but, and so he was really conflicted. So you don't think about that. And, or, you know, when you listen to a song, you think that every album or every, every song has a connection to someone's, you know, that writer or that singer's personal experience. Not always yep. the case. No, no, for sure. And, and what we were talking about before, how that a song can evoke certain emotions. He finally went with it because many people said, well, listen, it, it, it sounds like my story. Sounds like what happened with my dad. Or, or his dad had wished he had that that with his father who passed away when he was young. So he didn't think he had an emotional connection until everyone around him started talking about it. So it's interesting yep. how that can happen. Yep. And then you realize, wow, you do have, you know, some sort of sixth degree of separation, yeah, yeah. but it's there. Um, that, that's I think music is a fabric that weaves us all together no matter where we're from, uh, what our backgrounds are. There is commonality, you know, within yeah. music. Excellent. Um, is there anything else that you want to enlighten us on? Um, did I tell you I have five kids? <laughs> Let's hear about it. You get yeah. five kids. How old are they? <laughs> I do. So my oldest is Sierra, who sings with me. Uh, she's 27. I have twins, a boy and a girl, and they will be 21 this wow. year. Wow. And I have a daughter who will be 18 and a daughter who will be 16 on Monday. Wow. <laughs> Happy birthday to her. Sounds like you have your hands full over there at the Peterson house. Regular Brady Bunch. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Except we have two bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it, when you're singing, are, are they all singing with you at some point at, at home? Uh, and is there a chance oh, sure. you'll see them on stage, all of them on stage with you at some point in life? I highly doubt it, but that would be a mama's dream come yeah. true. Um, three of them have terrible stage fright. No kidding. Uh, there's there are two that I can talk into going up there with me. Uh, they're all talented. Um, I have artists. I have you know kids who draw, kids who build, kids who can build a computer. Like I can't do any of that stuff. But they all they all each have their pocket in this world, and I'm really pumped to see what they do with it. That's great. Um, yeah, and if they if they never get on stage, as long as they live out their dreams, I'll I'll be content with that. Now, is the husband toting around the piano or the keyboards for you, uh, or is he oh, making yeah. you do that yourself? He lifts the heavy stuff. Does he? <laughs> he's the garter of the body. He's the lifter of the heavy things. He's the knob turner to make sure that, uh, you know, we all sound good and we're not squealing away. We all have um, our role to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, uh, he's great, though. Good. Fantastic. Again, Mika, could you just tell our listeners how they can find you? Sure, you can hop on uh, mikasgroovetrain.com or MsYamikaPeterson.com and same way on Facebook. Uh, and you can find us, find both of those on Instagram as well. Might be a little outdated, but I am there. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Websites, there are phone numbers for booking and things of that nature. Excellent. So there's a good question. What's the farthest you'll go for a booking? Where, where is the oh, furthest distance you'll play? We'll play anywhere. I mean, as long as... Um, at least the gas is covered and the conversation's <laughs> yeah. decent. Yeah. Me, I'll go to the Maldives. Like I don't, I don't. <laughs> Some of my older bandmates might disagree with me, but um, for right now, I'd say our, our radius is um, 
Marblehead to York, Maine. Okay, good. Marblehead, Excellent. Mass to York, Maine. We get we get around. We've we've been um we've been afforded some opportunities to to go a little far from home, get up to the mountains, down to the seacoast. So it's pretty spread out, and I kind of like it because we're never in the same place for very long. So we get to see a little bit of the seacoast. You know, it's, it's a big was, seacoast. When was the last time you played around the Boston area? In Boston, I've never I've not gotten to play in Boston. Well, That's, we'll, it's a hard hard market to break into it's we're, funny we're gonna have to make you know. that happen yeah that would be great i, I have a story about that we can talk about it off <laughs> <laughs> we can do that i look forward to it but yeah so if anybody in boston's out there yeah i'd love to love to go play there yeah they definitely won't be disappointed absolutely not no you've uh, got a lot of talents and now uh, we're speaking with mika peterson and you are listening to musicians and beyond and uh We want you to go follow us, follow her, download some of her music, support her and her endeavors in the music industry. And you'll find all the locations to uh, locate Mika on our at Musicians and Beyond on any one of our social media platforms. Follow us, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you follow Mika and make sure you find her in one of the locations she will be playing in in the next few months. Get out there and see her. We'll we'll send them out there, Mika. We want to thank you again for, uh, for taking your time and uh, chatting with us and uh, telling us all those cool stories that you got going on. Well, thanks so much for having me. This is really cool. It's a pleasure. Yeah, we really enjoyed it, and we want to thank you for being our friend. Sure. Big shout out to Frank Simon, my crazy Frenchman. <laughs> yeah, that he is. Wee <laughs> uh, wee. <oui, oui. laughs>